Hello, my name's Christiana, and welcome to the Oceanside Community Church Podcast. We're a church in Parksville on Vancouver Island with a vision to be fully devoted children of God, fully mature in Jesus Christ, and fully alive with the Holy Spirit. We welcome you to join us weekly on this journey. For more information about our church, visit our website at oceansidecommunitychurch.ca or download our mobile app. We pray that you'll be blessed and equipped by today's teaching. It's uh, good that we can gather around God's Word. And if you have your Bibles this morning and even at home online, would you take them out? And let's turn to John chapter 17. If you don't have a Bible, we have some in the back that you, you are welcome to use or take home. If you don't have one, we'd love to to bless you with one today. Um, As we've just watched the little bumper video here, we're just reminded that uh, we've been in this this great series over the last two or three months called The Final Days, and we've been focusing on the final days of Jesus on earth, and today we're going to be focusing on how Jesus was actually preparing to leave, and today, as we mentioned earlier in the service, today is actually Ascension Sunday. And uh, here in John chapter 17, we're, we're kind of circling back and just looking at some of the things that Jesus was actually saying in order to help prepare his people, the disciples, and eventually his church, that how they could be prepared so that they could actually be the people of God in the setting that they were going to be left behind in. And so the title of my message today Uh, here in John 17, is becoming the church that Jesus prayed for. And, uh, you know, we could could have some fun with this if we had some time this morning, but, you know, sometimes we we think in terms of, uh, you know, if I could pray for the perfect church or if I could attend the perfect church, what would that be like? Well, the reality is as soon as you would would create that perfect church, someone else would show up and then it wouldn't be perfect anymore, right? So Jesus wasn't praying a perfect, for a perfect church, but he was praying for a church that was going to have influence, was going to be a church that was going to have impact, was going to be a church that was going to reflect him well. And we're going to get into that. But John 17, in case you are a trivia person, um, actually is the longest, it's a prayer. It's a prayer, it's, it's a prayer of Jesus, and it's, it's actually the longest recorded prayer that Jesus prayed. Now, Jesus, you know, let's face it, he, he prayed long prayers. Sometimes he would go out and spend all night in prayer. But this is one prayer where we, we actually have it recorded. And really what it does, what this prayer does, is it, it actually gives us kind of a glimpse of Jesus' heart and passion, the things that were important to him. And, I mean, there was a lot of things that were important to him, but we're going to see today that there were some things that were really important to him. And so Jesus is, in many ways, he's preparing his disciples. He's preparing you and I. And the, the first thing that, that Jesus prayed for was in John 17. We don't have time to go into the whole thing today, but he prayed for himself. And it's interesting how that Jesus was not only preparing the church and you and I, but he was also preparing for himself to return to heaven where he would once again share in his Father's glory. The Bible says that he would share in that glory, the same glory that he had before the world began. 
Secondly, we see Jesus is preparing his disciples and all believers, which includes you and I, that, and it's what we're going to be celebrating next Sunday on Pentecost. He was preparing them. And, and, and John 17 is, is really, it's about finishing one assignment, the assignment that Jesus had, and secondly, the assignment that would be given. It was about Jesus leaving and a church remaining. And so the question today is, what kind of church did Jesus pray for? Would it be a cool, hip church? You know, a church that would be, uh, you know, trending on Spotify or something like that? Would it be a, a, a church where the pastor wears skinny jeans, you know? Like, uh, like, I mean, is that the kind of church that Jesus would be praying for? I don't know. Uh, anyway, we're going to look today at the kind of church that what I see Jesus prayed for, and the kind of church that we have the opportunity to continue to become. And in fact, I like that word become because, let's face it, I liked what Thomas said earlier about baptism. Baptism isn't for people who have it all figured out, have it all figured out. Baptism is for people who have believed Jesus, believed in Jesus, accepted Jesus, and recognize that they are a person still becoming. How many can relate to that? You are still becoming. You haven't arrived yet. And, 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 and as a church, just to encourage us this morning as a church, we have not yet arrived. We have not yet become all that Jesus would have for us. But we're, in, we're becoming. We are, be, we are a people who are becoming. And so the first thing that I see here in John 17 of the kind of church that Jesus prayed for was that we would become, we would continue to become a church, first of all, if you're going to take some notes, a church that glorifies God, a church that is committed to glorifying God. Interesting that Jesus in this prayer, in verse 4, let me just read it uh, to you this morning. In verse 4, it says in John 17, Jesus, as he's praying to his Father, he said, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, would you glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world began. I love that. Jesus recognized that he had an assignment on earth. Jesus came with a mission. Jesus came to, to be God in flesh here on earth. And we find him now saying, Father, I have finished the assignment you've given to me, and I've brought you glory. And here's my point. Just as Jesus came with a mission, Jesus, just as Jesus came with an assignment, you and I have been given an assignment and one of the greatest ways that we can bring glory to God is to, is to actually do the assignment that he has given to us. Uh, Pastor Paul referenced in his prayer a little bit earlier, one of the things that we are called, we are, Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And last Sunday we talked about from John chapter 15, we talked about how that one of the things that brings glory to God 
In fact, John 15, verse 8 says, This is to my Father's glory. Vine, branches, you are the branches. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, that, you are, that, that we be fruitful people. And by doing so, we show ourselves to be his disciples. I want to say this morning that here at Oceanside Church, our prayer is that together that we would continue to become the church that Jesus prayed for. Jesus prayed for Oceanside Church long before Oceanside Church ever came into an existence. Jesus prayed for us. Jesus prayed for you. And he is continuing to pray that we would be the church that he's called us to be. To be a church that seeks to glorify God in all that we do. To, to, that we would be a church that seeks to embrace our assignments. Jesus, our Heavenly Father, has an assignment for us this morning. And you know, I was just thinking even today that as we continue to pray for Pastor Joseph and Hannah as they are in this next season of their sabbatical, we pray for them. We pray for them that God will help them to, to continue the assignment that he has given to them. And we need to pray for refreshing upon them as they are continuing on their sabbatical. We, we pray for Pastor Gavin, who will be joining us in a couple of weeks to help be part of the tag team sabbatical pastors that are here to, to serve. And it's been a, 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 an honor for for Anna and I to be with you. And as in the next couple of weeks, we, we hand over the, the tag team, or the, I don't know what they call it, hand over the baton or whatever. Uh, like one of our goals, one of our hopes is that together as a church, as pastors, as leaders, as a leadership team, that we would all glorify God by fulfilling the assignment that he's given us to do. And so Jesus prayed that we would be people who glorify him. Secondly, Jesus prayed that we would be a church that is sent into the world. Not only a committed church, but a commissioned church. In verse 11 of John 17, this is what Jesus said. He prayed to his father. He said, I remain in the world no longer. But they, the disciples, are still in the world. And I'm coming to you. And then in verse 18 he said, As you, Father, have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And, 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 and so we see Jesus' Jesus' work on earth is finished. The Father sent Jesus into the world. And he finished that assignment. And now... The assignment has now been passed on to us, the church. And so our job now is to finish the assignment that we've been given. We are a church that's been sent. We are a go church. We are a church sent. We are a church on mission. We are a great commission church. We're not a church called to stay. We're a, a church called to go. Jesus didn't just say, you know, stay in your house and do nothing. He said, go. And so we've been commissioned. Matthew 28 says, go and make disciples. This was the prayer of Jesus. This was the command of Jesus. He said, go and make disciples 
of all nations, baptizing them. So even next Sunday, when we have baptisms here at Oceanside, it's, that's part of the mandate of the church. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. I was thinking about this, how that we're, we're a church that we're, in, many, in many ways we're called to, to penetrate, not isolate. How many know the difference? You know, a lot of times we just, we just as soon be kind of in a cocoon. We don't want anyone to know who we are. We just as soon not, uh, you know, like, like and I know, I know, I realize that sometimes we're, you know, we're, we're shyer or we're, we, we're just not comfortable being out there in the world. But really, when it comes right down to it, we're called to penetrate. We're called to permeate. We're, tr we're called to be salt and light. Uh, you know, what good is a salt shaker? If the, or what, what good if we stay in the salt shaker? Jesus wants, to, wants us to be salt and light in our communities. He wants us to, to, to penetrate our neighborhoods, our schools, uh, our workplaces, our families, and so on. I love this quote by William Temple. I think it's on our screen here, too. It says, this guy was back in the 1600s, 1700s. I can't remember exactly when. But this is what he said. The church is the only society on earth that exists for the benefits of those who are not already its members. Does that make sense? The church is the only society on earth that exists for the benefit of those who are not already its, its members. Folks, we're not, we're, this isn't Costco, right? You know, you know like, 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 it's funny, you know, like, you have to pay, and I love Costco. How many, how many Costco lovers here? Yeah. Costco, um, like, you, you know, you've got to pay a membership to belong. Well, Jesus paid, paid the membership so we can belong, Right? And, and, and everything Jesus did, he didn't do it for all, for all the insiders. He did it for all the outsiders. And I think we need to recognize that the church is not for, just for insiders. The church is for outsiders. That's why we exist. We are a church that has been sent on mission. We exist not for us. This isn't a bless me club. This isn't a for me group of people. This is for them. We exist not for us. We exist for them. We exist for the world around us. We exist for our neighbors. We exist for our communities. Uh, in fact, I think it's awesome that Oceanside, that the, the key word in, in the name of, of our church is community. Oceanside Community Church. It's not Oceanside for us church, right? It's, it's Oceanside Community Church. And that's why we do things like the Arrington School breakfast thing. That's why we do the, the food share thing. That's why we do youth ministries. That's why, in fact, I was here on Tuesday night before I went home, and there was about 10, 12 kids here, and they were playing some game out there in the foyer of the church. And it was awesome, because this church exists for our next generation. This church exists for people who, who do, do not know Jesus. And so we've been called, we've been sent, we've been called to penetrate, not isolate. Is it going to be an easy assignment? No. In fact, Jesus said in, in John 16, verse 33, he says, you will have trouble. He said, 
but don't be afraid. I've given you peace. I've overcome the world. He said in John 17, 13 in this prayer, and let me encourage you to read the whole prayer. He said, he says, you'll actually be hated. Now, that's not a good way to sign up members, right? But no, that's part of our, we have to expect there's going to be times when it's not going to be easy. But he, here's what he prayed in verse 15. He said, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Jesus prayed that we would be protected. Jesus prayed that we would have his peace in those difficult seasons. And he said, then he went on in verse 20, he says, and my prayer is not for them alone, but he says, I also pray for all those who will believe in me through their message. Jesus prayed for us this morning. Jesus prayed that we would be people who are strong, people who would be protected, people who would have peace, people who, in verse 13, would have the full measure of joy. That's the kind of penetration we need to have. We, we need to be joyful people, not people that look like we've been baptized in prune juice or something like that, or lemon juice. Uh, and, and, and that's what I loved about even reading in Luke chapter 24 earlier, that it says, as Jesus ascended into heaven, what did the, 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 what did the, the disciples do? It says, they worship and they return to Jerusalem with great joy. In spite of all the hardships they were about to face, they were a people of great joy. They were a people who praised God in the midst of their adversities. And so, not only... Did Jesus pray for a church that was committed and glorified God? Not only did he pray for us as a church that we would penetrate, not isolate, that we would be a church sent, but as we prayed earlier in the service, Jesus prayed, and I think this is really critically important for us today, that we would be a church in complete unity, connected, connected to the vine, we are the branches, that we remain in his love. Jesus prayed, and I, don't, I just can't quite get my head around just the passion that Jesus must have had as he prayed for the unity of his church. Verse 22 of, of, of John 17, Jesus prayed that they may be one, as we are one, I and them and you and me. See, Jesus used the, the beautiful picture of the relationship that he had with his Father, with Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He, and he said, he said, my prayer is that, that they, his disciples, you and I, the church, would be one as he and his Father and Holy Spirit were one. You know, can you imagine the, just think about it for a moment before we go any further. Imagine the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit having a fight with each other. Just, we can't picture that, right? Imagine the Father and Son, Holy Spirit, uh, being jealous of each other. Well, how come, you know, the Father gets to stay back in heaven? And how come, 
Jesus says, how come I had to leave and come and join those awful human beings down below? You don't see any of that. What you see is a beautiful picture of, of oneness, of harmony, of being together, united, one, in perfect unity. There is, there is no relationship that's more perfect than Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And that's the kind of picture that Jesus is praying for. He says, he says in my prayer, in verse 22, is that they may be brought to complete unity and that the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. You see, unity helps the world that we're trying to reach. Our unity as a church, our unity is what actually helps put the very message that we carry, the very message that we proclaim on display. If God is a God of love and kindness and a God who is one, our unity helps to put that relationship with God on display. And if we had time this morning, uh, there's so much I could say about this as being a, a pastor for the last 45 years. Um, and, I, and let me just say, experienced all kinds of church life realities. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Thankfully, more good than the ugly. <laughs> But the reality is, let me just say, there is nothing that puts the love of God on full display more than being a church in complete unity. And the reality is the opposite is true. And so this is something that we must be committed to praying for. This is something that we must continue to desire to become. And again, it's where unity is a work in, in progress. Jesus, it's interesting that the way he prayed, he prayed that they would be brought to because he recognized that his disciples were diverse. They were all different. Isn't it amazing? I think unity is probably one of the greatest miracles ever because when I even look around this room, we're all different, right? There's, there's great diversity in this room today. The church, like who would even dream of coming up with a plan where we just bring every personality together, where we bring every opinion together, where we bring every taste together, where we bring every style together and say, okay, now I want you to be the church. Like it just, you know, like that's crazy. And yet somehow we make room for the Holy Spirit to help bring, up, bring this all about. Jesus said in John 13, earlier in, in the book of John, he said, a new command I give you. Notice, a new command. Not a, here's another suggestion. <laughs> he said, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And then he said, and by this, 
all men, all will know that you are my disciples. Again, how does, how does God put, how do, how do we put him on display? Through our love for one another. The Apostle Paul, even, he urges us in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, and make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Yeah, it's going to take some effort. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some, some like we're going to be involved in this. It's not just all about him. It's, all, it's, it's also about us being willing to forgive when we've been wounded. I'll tell you, as a pastor, I've taken a lot of bullets in my life. And I've got a lot of scars. But Ann and I, we were talking about this a couple of days ago, that I made a choice a long time ago that I wasn't going to let the bullet you shoot at me or the wound that I received from you to keep me from loving you. I made that decision. I made a choice a long time ago that the only way I'm going to be able to survive in this role, in a, in a pastoral leadership role, is that if, I, if I'm going to take an offense or if I'm going to be wounded or, or uh, harbor an offense or, or um, allow those wounds to keep me from loving you, I better, I better do something different. And I just want to encourage you this morning to make that choice, make that decision that no matter what happens, we're going we're gonna to choose to love. It doesn't mean I have to agree. It doesn't mean that, you don't, you're, you're, that you're not going to have your opinions and I'm, I'm going to have my own. But we can, we can still love one another. We can still unite around truth. We can still unite around the body of Christ. We can still unite around the fact that Jesus, we, we all need a Savior, no matter what. And in fact, that was one of the, base, one of the key bases of unity. Unity was not about uniformity. Unity was about, about being connected to truth and essentials and the cross. And everything else is secondary. Someone once said, in, in our essentials, there's unity. In non-essentials, liberty. But in all things, charity. And so the reality is this morning, there's some things that are really, really essential that we unite around. And then a lot of the other stuff doesn't matter. It's just our opinion. It's just our... It's just our, our tastes, our styles, the things that we like or dislike. Those, but those are not intended to divide us. But it's the things that unite us that we need to rally, about, r- rally around. And so this morning as we close, and I'm going to invite the music team to come back. Let me just say quickly that Jesus is still praying for us today. Jesus is still very much interceding. In fact, the Bible says he's our great high priest. That he is in heaven even now. He's ascended into heaven and he lives to intercede for us. And he's praying that we would glorify God in all that we do. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. He's praying that we would be a church commissioned to go 
a church commissioned, willing to be sent, willing to accept the assignment that God has given to us to share the greatest message on earth to our world that so desperately needs the church. Folks, Oceanside, Parksville, this whole area needs this church. You are needed. And so, as a result of staying connected to the vine and, and growing in deeper unity and loving for one, love for one another, we can fulfill the mission, the mandate he's given to us. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me as we just close in prayer here in a few moments. But I, I want us to, to pray our own response right now. Would you say, Holy Spirit, just put out your hands with me and say, Holy Spirit, what are you showing me today? What are you saying to me this morning? Ask yourself, how can I be an answer to Jesus' prayer for the church? How am I part of an answer to that prayer? Who are you sending me to? Maybe it's my neighbor. Maybe it's the workplace that I'm in. Where can I put your love on full display? Maybe right now someone is saying, there's something, in, there's an area in my life where a relationship has been broken. Maybe there's someone that's wounded you. Maybe You've been hurt and you're holding a grudge. There's resentments. And right now, the Holy Spirit is saying if you're willing to surrender it, let me help you deal with it. Is there someone that I need to forgive today? Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for your help. I need your help this morning because I can't do this on my own. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, or download our mobile app for more content. If you're in the area, we hope to see you soon. Until next time, may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you as you live by His Spirit.